0: Welcome to Revenue Champions. I'm Alice and I'm John. We interview leaders, experts and entrepreneurs in the B2B space. Giving you the inside tips, tricks and hacks for you to grow and scale your B2B business today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Revenue Champions. Today I'm really happy to be joined by Fernande who's the VP of Marketing at Lambot. Thank you Fernando, for joining us. You are our third marketer on our Hall of Fame series and the reason we want to chat to you is a result of your very successful podcast, um, Ungated. And in such a short time to see these results, we're intrigued to de- dig a little deeper and understand how you've managed to to do it. So, yeah. Would you be able to kick us off by telling our listeners who you are and what problems land what solves and who it serves?
1: Uh, hi, Alice. Sure. Thank you so much for having me on Revenue Champions. Um, I'll be very happy to share my podcasting experience uh, so far. So I am a computer science engineer that uh, fell in love with marketing at the early days of the internet, and I never looked back. In, in the most recent years, I've been uh, working with B2B tech startups. I'm cur- currently leading the marketing team at Landbot, and Landbot is a no-code chatbot builder. Uh, so we empower marketing teams to create and deploy chatbots on the web, but also on their websites, but also on other channels like um, Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp and automate customer interactions. So the tool is is very flexible. It's a builder, so you can really create anything you want with it. But marketing teams use it mostly for lead generation and for uh, lifecycle engagement campaigns.
0: Amazing, and I think we're going to dig in a bit later on in terms of some of the more practical aspects of things you can do with the chatbots, but I wanted to kick off the episode by actually asking you the question you start your podcast with, which is, what do you love most about marketing?
1: So it's a mix of things, and, and most of the guests give me similar answers. It's it's always a combination of things, what makes it so exciting. Um, so I love the possibility of working on new problems and working in marketing. Every company that you join, you really have a new set of of customers to understand and challenges. And you get to be an expert in these different uh, areas to be able to market to them. And then in your day-to-day work, you always get to work with these cross-functional teams with uh, brand and design and copywriting and content writing. And then web developers, community managers, uh, analytics, people, data, all of that. And that's just really in one marketing team. And then you also have to engage with the sales team and the product team, customer success. So this diversity and the challenges and the opportunities to always be learning and solving different problems is what um, really um, drove me to, to to like marketing so much uh, as opposed to being on a boring job where we basically repeat the same tasks every day. It's kind of the opposite of that. That's what I love about marketing.
0: Amazing. And like, out of interest, why do you decide to open your episodes by asking that question?
1: So that was trying to run away from the typical intro of some podcasts where the guest is asked to present himself and just basically talks about um the last jobs that he had and his job titles and the last companies that he worked at uh so it's trying to give an opportunity for the guest to still introduce himself. But do it in a, in a different way that would be maybe a bit more engaging because I find it pretty boring, especially when the guest goes on and on about all these latest jobs. And you have like five minutes of content that um, is really not that interesting. So I thought of a different way to do it. And uh, it has been working out so far.
0: Just reduce the amount that you have to skip in an episode. <laughs> exactly. I, I always love to um, Amazing. Well, on that topic... Congratulations, first of all, of achieving like ten thousand podcast listeners, and I think it was just thirty days, according to your LinkedIn post.
1: Yeah, we we actually got that round number in the in the thirty days. We could, make, we could talk about it. And I guess,
0: what would you attribute like this incredible early growth um, to? I mean, I'm sure there's lots of aspects, but could you just give us like a few of those highlights?
1: Yeah, there's a few of them. So I think, uh, well, uh, the great team that worked on on the podcast, both internally and we, we also worked with an agency with Sweetfish Media, but the internal marketing team at LandBot had a very big role on the podcast uh, and the amazing guests that we had in that first month was probably the main factors. But then there are a few, I think, good decisions that we made that were not necessarily on the pod- launch podcast playbook that I can that I can talk about. Um, so we invited uh, Rand Fishkin and Chris Walker, like months before we were ready to to record the podcast, and we didn't even have a name. And we wanted to start really on that I note and, and set the the benchmark there. So there was no, no ramp up to those guests, we really started very high, and, and they were very kind to accept. Then we... We decided to do this brand called Engadget Marketing and move completely away from the Landbot brand and make it about the content and and the promise of uh, discussing marketing tactics and experiments with people that are innovating in marketing. It's uh, completely separate from the Landbot brand that is a chatbot builder. So visually, we created a new brand and we betted a, a lot on that, and I think it, it it paid off. And then in terms of promotion. Um, we decided to do three short videos, like those typical micro videos for the for social media. For every episode, we decided to make three. Uh, we were advised to make one, but we really wanted to maximize the opportunities to get some hits on social media, to get some posts taking off by sharing on our official channels, but also our personal profiles, the profiles of the guests. So having those uh, extra videos, I think, helped uh, also a lot, uh, especially the ones that Rand Fishkin shared on the first episode got a, really a lot of traction. There was some some conscious choices that I think helped. Also, we decided to publish on our blog um, an article for each episode, but not just a transcript and our show notes, but really write someone else writing an article about the content of the podcast. So we kind of get all the guests of the podcast as a kind of guest authors on our blog because we write an article based more structured, based on the what they shared. Uh, so we really put a lot of thought into all of this.
0: Amazing. And just, I wanted to ask like why you went, cause I'm just interested to know this. So why did you decide to use an agency and what role did they play in the podcast? Like I'm just looking at their website now. It's quite interesting, like kind of approach they've got. and quite straightforward. And yeah.
1: Yeah. So the thing, I think the secret with the agency was really, they have their offering and it's very specific and it's for B2B tech companies and they have their way of looking at podcasting and we really choose the things we like and we didn't use the ones that we think that are not a fit for us. They are, they are all good, but maybe a fit for other objectives. So they focus a lot, for example, on um, account-based marketing, like podcasting as a way to get in contact with our target accounts, which maybe at uh, one of my previous companies would be a perfect playbook for us. But here we really wanted to build an audience. So we still needed someone to do all the technical aspects, you know, all the audio engineers, all the, all the tasks that you need to do to have an episode going out every week. So there's a lot of time-consuming work there. We didn't really have anyone in-house to do this. So we definitely needed a podcasting agency. And we choose the one in the B2B uh, marketing space because I, I know their content. I know what they shared on LinkedIn and I like what they do. But then we were really selective in saying, actually, these parts of your playbook are not really for us. This is not how we want to go. We want to build an audience. We want to have reach. We want a good number of downloads, not just to build those connections with the guests, which is also great. And So we really picked the design. We did it ourselves as well internally, even though they have designers. So we picked the parts of their offering that suited us and we did the rest ourselves.
0: Amazing. That's interesting. I think it's a good good place for people to start, maybe to go and have a look at them, Sweetfish Media, if you're interested in 2022 building out a podcast strategy and not sure where to start, because actually from a pricing perspective, it seems pretty affordable as well. So um, that's really interesting. And then you spoke about this when you answered the first question in terms of what worked with your podcast, Um, but I wanted to touch on it a bit more. So you... Mentioned that you actually branded the podcast separately to the brand that you have as Lambot. So why did you decide to call it Ungated Marketing? How did you come up with that and validate it as something that would have traction? And Yeah, what was the thought process around that?
1: Yeah, so we had a framework that actually Sweetfish Media shares, and that's one of the points where we broke the framework, um, and it was more of a gut feeling and doing it ourselves, because um, most of the of the framework says. Uh, Think of your target persona, think of an adjective that you want to identify with. So if we would follow that, we would have done the Innovative Marketer podcast, for example, something like this. And we decided to break away a little bit from that. Not that that wouldn't work, but we... We wanted something that can evolve into a brand that is more than a podcast. And this is part of our uh, maybe bigger playbook. It it can be a virtual event, a physical event, it can be a website, a newsletter. So ungated uh, or ungated marketing can be bigger than that. Um, And I was not really seeing like the Innovative Marketer Conference happening. I, I think the ungated marketing conference sounds much better or even just ungated if you want to broaden a little bit more into customer experience and more than marketing. And the reason for ungated itself, uh, it's, I think there's a double meaning there that we really identified with what we wanted to do with Landbot. So there's the ungated, uh, the gated marketing playbook that we want to break away from. So that's uh, some provocation there. And there's also the ungated in the sense of the, the marketer himself feel that he is uh, opening uh, or breaking some gates like we call the title of your episode breaking the gates so for the marketing himself that wants to be more creative that doesn't want to be restricted to follow a playbook that has been around for years also to engage an, an, this uh, for himself uh, so we really like the sound of it i mean once it popped in our head it just uh, stick there and we decided to go with it
0: i love that i think the takeaway there is like actually it's a brand the idea of creating a brand that can be standalone outside of and synonymous with Lambot, but outside of just like, yeah, your wider product offering, et cetera. And I think that's, yeah, really interesting way of looking at it. So how does the podcast fit into your, we've obviously invested a lot of time and effort into that as well as money. So how does it fit into your wider marketing plan at Lambot um, from like a revenue perspective? how does it fit into your content plan and and how do you approach the whole piece of repurposing the content afterwards do you have like a process and an operational setup for that
1: yeah so revenue is the ultimate objective uh but this is this is more of a brand awareness play so if you if you put it in the context of brand awareness um we have we have content we we had our blog for example but it's very hard to break away from the noise and you know, we're a marketing companies selling marketing technology to marketers it's it's very crowded space uh a ton of content so a lot of noise so really cutting through that um we felt like the the most efficient way to get awareness with marketers was by creating a podcast the 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 best way to create not just the awareness but the trust that that we that we wanted uh, today is through a podcast. You you just mentioned it's not that expensive even using an, enge- an agency. So compared to how crowded and and competitive some other types of content are, and how expensive maybe if you went full blown video production can be, I think the sweet spot is is podcasting right now. So we saw the the opportunity there and in terms of brand awareness, I think that is paying off now to connect that to revenue it's not easy as you know in terms of 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 tracking but also it was not the objective in the first place what the, the marketing team is tied to revenue in the end so it's not this specific play but the whole of the marketing activity needs to generate revenue so in the end we believe uh, in this tactic as a way to create awareness in the market we need to have others that will uh, lead into revenue and and, uh, and in the end we need to we need to have those numbers to to have the freedom to to create um, this kind of content and to do this kind of plays. So in the end, it will be tied to revenue, but not directly attributed to the podcast. I mean, there is the possibility of, um, I think we actually are about to implement the how did you We're about this question in our thank you page. So maybe podcasts will start to pop up, but uh, that's not what's going to decide uh, that we do it or not. We see from the reactions, from the numbers in terms of audience and from the reactions that we get from people that are clearly in our target audience. We see that it's working uh, and that for now is enough. If the numbers continue to work and we continue to get this feedback, uh, it, it is obvious that it has been um, a good piece in our overall marketing strategy.
0: And you've touched on a bit about how you're repurposing that content in terms of you have it on the blog and you have it in LinkedIn, organic. Are you utilizing it in, in paid social as well? How else are you like operationalizing?
1: Yes. So... As kind of a rule right now, everything that we do on organic social, we also do on paid social because uh, with the exception of LinkedIn, uh, you really need to, to pay to, to be seen on social, So especially on Facebook. And we do some, some paid social uh, on Facebook and LinkedIn to get more reach. We do a lot of organic on LinkedIn because that still works by itself uh, pretty well. So for those uh, networks, we use mostly the micro videos, the three micro videos per episode that I mentioned. And uh, now that we have more episodes, we'll probably start to even uh, play with that format a little bit more and, and be more creative with um, with some videos. And for more SEO or people that just like to read, we do the um, the blog repurposing of the content, which is really writing a full article with a, one of our uh, editorial writers just takes the episode and creates a, few, a full article based on that. So they give it more context. They structure more the thoughts that are shared on the episode and, and they create a, a completely new article out of that. So that goes into our blog, that goes into our newsletter. Uh, people that just prefer to read instead of listening can can go to that and eventually can be found uh, on SEO. So it's also creating this um, this written form and content. And in the future, maybe uh, we go more on the video side because right now video is really just used for promotional purposes, like short videos. Uh, but in the future, maybe uh, we go on YouTube as well.
0: Amazing. And what um, metrics are you tracking? Like how deep are you going when you're looking at the metrics for the podcast? What specifically are you tracking beyond just plays um, and listens, like what what is it that, that you're looking for?
1: So we're starting really simple on that. Basically, we we started publishing uh, at the end of October. And for this quarter, uh, our only goals were in terms of publishing the episodes. So getting eight episodes published in eight weeks was basically the only goal. We had no idea uh, how much uh, downloads we were going to get, what the metrics would be. It was a completely new project. What we knew is that it was very important to be consistent and to publish uh, weekly, which was our objective. And not necessarily easy to do so. So that was the only objective. Of course, we were looking at downloads, which is the, the metric that we get from our uh, podcasting platform, the main one. And we start seeing very good numbers. We were very happy with that, but we didn't even have a goal at the time. So now we do. And, and the metric right now is downloads. Because as I said, the main objective is creating an audience, uh, not just of any people. So we also look at... Um, The countries that these downloads are coming from, which is now over 30% uh, United States, we we look um, at the type of people that are engaging with the content. So on LinkedIn, we see a lot of, uh, number one is marketing specialists. So all these things give us good signs, but we're not really obsessing for now with any other kind of uh, more complex metric. Uh, We only have eight episodes published, and for now, this is more than enough.
0: Okay, amazing. And actually, that leads nicely on to the next question, because you've done the eight episodes, that was obviously what you were focused on at the beginning. Um, And I think that's also great advice, because obviously the consistency is key. But when you were looking to plan those episodes, did you start first with the topic or the guest? And did you have a strategy for how you're going to approach all eight? Did it evolve? Or were you very clear in terms of how you wanted those episodes
1: look. so that's a great question because it was very organic at the at the beginning and we started with the guests but that's not where we are what we are doing now and what we want to do in the future so at the beginning we did have some people that we wanted we knew we wanted to have on the podcast um we we had people that uh, for some reason we have already in our networks that we knew that we could uh, access them others we had just uh, We just really wanted to have them there and they would just reach out and it, and it worked. But we focused mostly on the guests. And then it's something, a bit of a learning as well that I got, is that uh, it is good to focus an episode on a specific topic. I mean, for the listener, it's good to know that uh, this is what I'm going to learn from this episode and not go in a very wide range of topics. And when you focus on the guests, we, we had the tendency to really talk about a lot of different things. And if the the guest is a bit of a celebrity, that might be okay, uh, because the guest itself is is the topic. Uh, But then with more regular people like ourselves, it's good that you choose a topic and really go deep on that. So for the future, we want to do more and more, think of the topic first and then think, okay, who, who is the expert on this topic? And that will, I think, will be better for the listener that knows what they're going into in that episode. And it's also better for the team. So in creating that process of having this pipeline that is always working, you know from the beginning of the process what the episode is going to be about. So you prepare the questions, but when the content writer is going to create the blog article, they don't have to listen to the episode completely unaware of what is being discussed and trying to get the essence out of it because it was planned in advance. So for sure, the future is topic first and then find out who are the guests that are the authorities in this field and then go out and reach out to them and invite them
0: and that's very good segue into the next question which is all about how do you actually get those guests onto the podcast to agree are you reaching out to them personally is the agency doing the acting on that for you have you found any specific formula to be successful is there any kind of rival reason on who will um accept becoming a podcast speaker for you guys or not
1: uh so i think it's it has still been a learning um like i said the the first was very organic i just reached out to to rand and to chris saying hey i'm gonna do a podcast in a couple of months it's gonna be about marketing and and i had some ideas but i would really like to have you and and i didn't have much more to share and they accepted now when i invite someone uh, i show them the podcast i mean there's eight episodes published there's guests there that um they are probably already know and and I show what the podcast is I don't have to explain as much it's it's more showing than than telling Uh, and I and I think it's important to explain so why am I inviting this person and that goes back to choosing the topic first so I'm not just inviting you because uh, you are known or I like you but I want an expert to talk about product-led growth and I think uh, I would love to learn from you and I, I would like to have you on the podcast by the way this is the the previous episodes and you can see it here, but we go about it uh, pretty informal on LinkedIn messages. We have someone that is uh, in charge on the team of the relationships with the guest. So either him reaches out if there's no contact previously, Uh, I can do it as well, especially if it's someone that um, at least I have someone in common in my network. Uh, We also asked at um, the end of each podcast to recommend some guests uh, to, to the current guests. And we have to start, we already followed up on some of those. We have to follow up on more. So that's also a segue. I think it's it's always good to have a reason why you are inviting someone when you reach out cold so that you were uh, recommended by a previous guest that it's probably someone they know is already a good start.
0: And let's face it, marketers love to talk about marketing. So I guess that's...
1: <laughs> yeah, so the, the other thing, actually, yes, I wanted to add one more thing. I think it's very important to understand the agenda also of the guest because some people actually go on podcasting tours because they want to get something of their own out there and it could be their company or their personal brand, whatever it is. So if you can align with the interest of the guest and it's not so much now an ask, but it's it's an exchange of value because they actually are actively looking to be on these podcasts. Or the other thing is if they are a podcast host, a lot of times they like to to give back and, and are happy to help a fellow podcast uh, host. Uh, so that's also something that I think works, works quite well.
0: Amazing. I think because I recently was on your podcast and I, um, I'll um i be honest, so I came off it and thought it was such a good experience. And then I saw your post on LinkedIn about how successful yours had been. So we set about what we like do a bit of a forensic analysis between what you do with Ungated versus what we do with our podcast. Um, and the things that we should change as a result. And one thing that definitely stood out in terms of my experience being a guest on your podcast was um the questions that you asked and how easy the conversation flow was. So I'm interested to understand like how you go through the process of writing those questions, researching the guest so that you encourage them to kind of talk passionately and have quite a fluid conversation with you.
1: So, I will give you a cheat code for that, which is actually on the website of uh, the agency that we mentioned, Sweetfish Media. So they have a guide that's available online. I can send you the link (coughs) on how to research and and how to ask these kind of questions. And the main thing we do is try to identify the guest's uh, unique point of view. So something that they believe passionately and uh, that is not widely accepted is an amazing conversation started. We know that they will be passionate about that and it will be interesting. Uh, to get there, we need to do a lot of research on the guests. So that's one thing that the team does. And now the whole process is very streamlined. So the person that is going to be writing the article does the research. So then it's a lot easier to write the article in the end. Uh, and we, we listen to other podcasts they've been on, we read their articles, we stalk their social media accounts and see what they're talking about. And Uh, It's also important to understand the timing, what they're currently talking about. Sometimes some people may be very vocal about the topic six months ago or a year ago, but it's not really what they want to talk about right now. But if you really uh, have that understanding of of the guest, um, then I think it's easier to really get them... um, excited about the conversation and again it's about really aligning with with the interest of your guest someone if you if you would say that right now i'm in the, still in kind of in the launch phase of my podcast i would be super happy to talk about it and it has been going very well and you've seen me sharing about it Yeah, you know that I want to share all this stuff and and I'm excited to talk about that. So really doing that research, not just going with uh, choosing a guest, he said, yes, okay, let's go, but really doing the research beforehand and trying to go for that uh, unique point of view. Then there's also some type of questions that you can find on that article that um, they recommend that you ask. But the main thing, I think, is that that point of view of the guest.
0: Amazing what What piece of advice would you give um, a business if they're looking at starting a podcast in twenty twenty two, how to approach it, and things that you kind of wish you may have known before you kicked off Ungated or that you now know?
1: so uh, the main the main advice I- is something that we knew is really about the that consistency. And so thinking in advance, understanding um, what capacity do you have within your team to to do something consistently in terms of the level of quality. Uh, and the frequency because you once you start you need to be able to deliver those episodes uh, with the same standards of quality and on time every time to really build an audience that um, has an habit of listening to your podcast so if you fail on the frequency or on the quality you you will start to have problems and maybe if you didn't do it before and if you are too ambitious Um, you do two great episodes in terms of quality, but then it starts to fall. Or you do for a month, you publish every week, but then you cannot keep up and you start doing it every two weeks. So really understand from the start uh, what is the realistic expectation that you can set for the podcast and then be very consistent on that, I think is the main thing. Uh, In terms of learnings that I've had so far, I think I already shared um thinking about the topic first and and really trying to focus the whole conversation around one topic so that it doesn't go all over the place and then you don't really have uh, because at some point you need to have a title for the episode and it needs to be catchy and if you talked about 10 different things then what really are you going to put on the title uh so i think that was one of the biggest learnings
0: yeah i think that's really interesting and it's like it's it's kind of like yeah what what was first um in terms of like when you think about the strategic planning for the podcast and I think sometimes it can be quite overwhelming and you do have to start organically but then as you guys have um, got a lot more understanding of what's working what's not you've yeah hit the nail on the head and we've actually through that analysis we did on your podcast versus ours came to the same conclusion and we've going to take a bit of a different take as well on it next year so looking forward to revamped revenue champions next year hopefully a lot more specific
1: exciting (laughs)
0: Great. So I wanted to, I will switch um, paces a little bit now away from podcast chat. And I just want to touch on actually chatbot solutions and chatbot marketing going into 2022 and the role that you see that playing in people's marketing plans. Because I think it's become very commonplace now that people have a chatbot on their website. I'm not sure it's always understood like how much work goes into a bit like a podcast making that chatbot actually be successful for you and all the different ways in which you can utilize it. So yeah, just interested to get your take, um, obviously as experts in the space on what role you see chatbots playing in um, 2022 marketing strategies.
1: Yeah, I, I think, uh, so if you're thinking about websites, you already see uh, chatbots everywhere. but it's really that most of them um, are just using some, some basic template for whatever purpose they are serving. And there's not a lot of work uh, applied behind that. And that shows. And probably most of them are are just uh, ignored. So I think there's a lot of adoption. We are already there. There's a lot of adoption of chatbots. But there's not a lot of investment in creating good chatbots. So um, I think that hopefully this year marketing teams will put more resources into that into into building that conversational marketing by by putting more efforts into designing the flow of the conversation making the chatbot more useful to to the visitor of their website more contextual to where it shows up not like just the same generic chatbot in every page uh, and more useful in the information that it provides not just trying to Uh, drag the email out of the person like with tricks like uh, if we disconnect just give him your email now actually try to provide the value I mean like every other element that you have on your website is there to provide information and and a good experience to the visitor and I think that chatbots still have uh, a long way to go in the way that they are implemented.
0: And on that note what like have you got some companies that you see using them well because um, I think it's quite interesting to go and look at websites where you, you do see them using. Them.
1: Yeah, so I would recommend one that is using Landbot uh, that is a marketing agency called Voltage. So it's in uh, voltagead.com. um And the chatbot is really like the main element that uh, starts talking to you as soon as you enter the, um, the homepage. That's a good one. Um, gong is using our competitor and it's more in the traditional lead gen way but they still try to put some personality i i love the gong branding and uh, they try to put some personality in their chatbot so it can be um fun but uh, it can also improve and we recently published a case study with uh, alliance the insurance company and they, they described to us, they told us what, what they did, and they implemented the chatbot to help their customers navigate a quite complex offerings, um, offering of insurance solutions, and they were very successful at it. So yeah, I do think that there are already um, a lot of companies doing good use uh, of chatbots to help their customers to find what they need uh, in a much faster and efficient way.
0: Yeah, I've just got on to Voltage. That's the first I've ever seen that before. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, that's when it's cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, amazing. Now, my favorite question, I've actually upped the amount of money I'm going to give you in this question, because I think it's a bit more interesting to give you a bit more room for investment. But <laughs> if you had an extra $50,000 in your budget next year for marketing, where would you invest it and how?
1: Okay, so you just increased my budget because I, I, I knew that uh, you were probably going to say ten thousand, and I would have an answer <laughs> for ten thousand, but I with fifty thousand, the answer changes. Um, so it would be one of two things for sure. It would be around content. And so I'm taking this budget as something that you're giving me um, like to do whatever I want with it without putting a a, a Roy number attached to it. So I would invest on brands and content. And one thing that I would really like to do is go into uh, video content, but video with a quality... I know you can do video content just with your cell phone and be very authentic, and that's fine. But uh, to... To really stand out, I would go the opposite direction and do like Netflix quality content for B2B. So that would be one. 50,000 would still be short for that. So maybe not that. Uh, the other one would be um, probably a great virtual event attached to the ungated Marketing brand that I would I would be able to do with 50K. So probably that one.
0: Okay, amazing. So actually, is that something you've got planned for 2022? Is, what exciting things have you got coming up?
1: So we year. need to do some introspection and some analysis and understand where we are going to invest next year uh, in terms of editorial and content and brand. It's something that I see lined up for the future, for sure. Um, we're also you know, in a fast-moving startup world where things uh, it's hard to plan for a whole year. So many exciting things can happen and change our plans. So that's something I definitely see in the future and I'm going to discuss with the team. And it's possible that happens um, next year. As you build this momentum with the podcast and the, especially the ways that things um, grew so fast, I maybe i didn't I didn't think it would be so fast, but the way things are growing, you start having this audience, you start having the relationships with the guests. so you start having the basic pieces to to put on a show and to and to do a virtual event or something like that. So we will have to think about it carefully but uh, look at budgets and all of those things, but it's definitely a possibility for uh, maybe Q3 next year.
0: Cool. And then my favorite question to end the show, what would you tell other marketers to start, stop and continue doing?
1: So it depends on what you are doing, but um, as a general rule, um, start creating value for your your target audience. Uh, Stop sending leads to sales that are not ready to talk to sales. Uh, and continue to 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 innovate, to break away from the playbooks that uh, don't work anymore.
0: Amazing. I think that's our most succinct answer yet. <laughs> so thanks for that. Thank you so much for coming on Revenue Champions episode and being our third marketer in the Hall of Fame. We're really excited to see what Ungated does next year and all your plans for 2022.
1: Thank you for having me, Alice, and good luck with the podcast.
0: This episode of Revenue Champions was brought to you by Cognism. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast to get notified when the next one goes live. And follow Cognism on LinkedIn and Twitter for more sales and marketing content. If you're listening on Anchor, you can leave us recorded questions or comments by hitting the message button below the title. We actually love hearing these. And if you enjoyed this episode, please tell your friends and share it online. We want to get the word out about Revenue Champions so we can bring you the best podcast possible. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.